to uh, just say thank you, first of all, for you doing this, Maddie. And uh, if anybody doesn't know who this is, this is Maddie. Uh, used to one time go by DCL Blogger. I don't believe that's the moniker anymore. Um, uh, yeah. What, what is what is your title these days, Maddie? What is it? Uh, CEO. I think it's just Maddie. Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. <laughs> For that's literally what Rizzle told me too. He's like, I'm just full time Rizzle, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Well, uh, good to hear, be here, man. Good to talk to you after a long of time. Course, for man. anyone that's listening, me and Frankie have been uh, working on things, doing crossing paths for three, maybe even four years now. It's been a long time. Yeah. Are you um, I we'll think probably you get into the first that. person I ever spoke to about NFTs in any kind of. Really? Oh, well, and like, like in any kind of like seriousness, like I, cause I was so new mm. and I just had that idea about the wearables at the time. And I messaged you mm. about that. And I was like, really, the first time I'm with any kind of confidence that I said, hey, I think I know something you know oh nice man yeah yeah good times yeah. good times but in terms of my title i honestly don't know <laughs> i mean when i started this whole space i i started the dcl blogger mm -hmm. name and that's because i was blogging about decentraland because no one else was making right marketing content on dcl right. but then obviously went on to found uh, the medikey and do all this sort of stuff and my follower base is interesting because some of them don't know that I'm the CEO of the Medici and the other people don't know that I have anything to do with DCL. So mm. it's all over the place. So I just say, ask for this. It's just Maddie. <laughs> right. Exactly. As long as you know the name, you're, you know, you're going to be in good hands. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, um, really good to talk to you again after all this time. Uh, like I said, like Maddie said, it, we, we used to work on this and that. Maddie's the person that got me into so many different circles within uh, the NFT space. And put me in, I guess, position to do this podcast because I know all these people mainly through Maddie. I mean, whether it's been one degree of two degrees of separation, it's usually not much farther than that. So, uh, like I said, very, um, very happy, and I'm very humbled to have you on the show, man. Um, so, how's Thanks, it been? Man. Let's just start with how's it been, and then we'll go to how did it start because I haven't talked to you in too long, so I just want to know how's it been. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. That's a good question. It's been hectic. It's been um, exciting. I think it, it was really exciting at the start when all these people that you wouldn't think would start hitting you up in DMs you're like, oh, holy shit, it's the CEO of so-and-so company. And you're like, whoa, what's going on in the NFT space, right? Right. This happened in 2021, I think. It just blew up out of control. And then it just got exhausting and mentally unsustainable, <laughs> like the <laughs> influx of things that were coming your way. And as an entrepreneur, you want to do everything. Right. So you sort of say, yes, yeah, cool, yeah, I'll do that podcast or I'll do that interview. Or I'll, you know, I'm happy to jump on a call and explain NFTs to you. But then it starts to get really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then you start to really pick where you want to be and you start to analyze the space and see, all right, well, where do you find the most joy being um, the joy to money ratio or the joy to sustainability ratio? Right. And then I think in the last year or two, it's been a consolidation of just where I feel good in the NFT space. Like you can do so much, man. And as you know, like you can do podcasts and you know run a social account. You can be a consultant. You can be a CEO of a company. Mm -hmm. you, you can get a like anyone in the NFT space can probably get a high paying job in any Web two brand that's entering the NFT ecosystem. There's so many paths to choose, mm -hmm. but eventually it comes down to especially if you made a bit of money in the NFT space, you start to be a bit pick and choosy about where you want to be. And yeah, I think the last twelve to twenty four months has been figuring it out. Um, like for example, blogging, you know, I used to blog a lot. I used right. to write a lot, right. but to be honest, I hate writing. Like every inch <laughs> of me despises writing. I just don't have the patience for it. So 
I transitioned that to just more content on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter started to be my my way of writing because it was just so simple and easy. Mm-hmm. And so just finding finding these little, little transitions and changes where I feel better. So yeah, it's been good, man. It's been exciting, good, but uh, uh, mentally exhausting. You know, it's, I don't know about you, but it's been. No, fucking I think that's a great summary. <laughs> that's a great summary of it <laughs> because even on all the scale, like on the, whatever the scale you're on, you know, yeah, it does get definitely mentally exhausting at least you know mm. um the the role i feel it's specific on, to the nft space though i'm not sure about you yeah because i mean like the, what you're talking about is i have so many people who are in many different stages of their understanding of nfts you know and and you're always the guy explaining you know so i'm always the person like i was out man i wish you were with me i was out with some financial people and i'm not going to get into you know who and where or whatever but it was a bunch of financial people and i'm thinking that they might be kind of hip to, you know, at least to understanding this and that. No, mm. absolutely not. Zero knowledge. You know, and I'm not saying these are the CEOs of those companies or whatever, but they're big investment companies. And these people were mm. just completely ignorant to it and, like, willingly ignorant. Like, they were just mm. like, nah, I'm not into that. I'm not trying it. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm like, cool, you know, because I understand where it's going. Um, you know, when it comes to NFTs, I know that, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs with the the money. The money is one thing. It's a completely different beast than what's going on in the industry. And I feel like when mm-hmm. I explain that, only thing people hear is, I just want to make a ton of money and where is it? You know? Mm. You know, so so a lot of people... Money brings us all together. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like when you're explaining things to people, it's kind of hard to explain when, unless you start throwing dollar amounts around, you know? And a lot of times, yeah. since I'm not in a consulting role, I mean, you want to pay me? I'll tell you how much money to make. How it can be made, but you mm. know, I'm not. Mm. I'm not just in a loose conversation. Be like, oh yeah, we're gonna make a hundred thousand or you know whatever million dollars, you know whatever. Yeah. Million. Like, nah, you know, you know. So it's funny to, when you're explaining stuff to people, and you're just talking about the technology. They're like, yeah, yeah. Well, how much? What about the money? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it. It's. I mean, no one really paying attention to this space apart from the handful that were building until sales started hitting record prices, right? Yeah. So it's it's funny. It is the money that brings interest, but then that money gets used to build better product. Um, but you're right, man. A lot of people, I feel like explaining NFTs, I feel like you cannot explain NFTs. Like you, you cannot explain how the NFT space is good unless that person has had the emotion of purchasing an NFT. Yeah. Um, like you can explain maybe a bit of the mindset and why it might, you can, you can draw parallels from the collector world and why art, art has, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry and why people pay, right. you know, tens of thousands of dollars for a Pokemon card, even though it was, even though it cost three cents to make in a factory, like there is parallels, but mm-hmm. um People don't get it until they own that NFT, and it's like, oh shit, okay, cool. Like, this is. It's almost like I either want. It's like I want to talk to your manager or I want to talk to your kids. You know, it's like one of the two. Like I can't talk to you, <laughs> you know. But it, yeah. maybe maybe you your you know the, your person above you knows, and maybe your kids know. But you, mm. you know, <laughs> like when it comes to like the normie, you know what I man would say the normies, you know. Uh, yeah, man, it's just a real. It's a real tough conversation, and you know. Yeah, and, you know it, that that whole mental exhaustion of it because you're almost arguing. You know, yeah, you know, man, it's, it's to a point of like argumentative. You know, like 
I don't want to argue this about. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I, I'm yeah comfortable in my space. You know, like, you know, you know, my Frankie. Yeah. You know, I, I'm doing fine. Whatever. I'm not really. I don't need to yeah. talk to you about anything. So I don't. It's not like I'm yeah. like. You know, uh, there's always a misconception that somebody thinks that I might want to do business with them or something. I don't care less, man. Like mm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Is this live, by the way? Or no, we're just recording. It. We're recording it, and then I'm gonna edit it up and do a, you know. Yeah, cool. I might have my father-in-law walk back into this office, so I'm gonna have to pause and maybe find another spot just to oh, give me the heads up. That's cool. Now edit yeah. all that shit. Man. Yeah, cool. But um, to get back on topic, man, um, I started to realize because you know we're excited to talk about NFTs. Anyone asks us what you're doing, you know, true, we're excited true. to tell them especially, about this industry, especially in the beginning. But after a while, I think yeah, you have to have. A, but after a while, you realize how moment, exhausting yeah. a, a forty-five minute conversation and argument is argument. with some people and you're argument. Like, yeah yeah and then and then you just you just end up picking you start to suss out whether this person's receptive to the idea or not and if it's 100%. not you're like eh, i got a marketing business and you just ended at that or you're like eh, i'm into nfts and you start explaining mm-hmm. but yeah man that's uh any new person i meet that asks me what i do for a living i'm just like yeah i'm just i'm just got a marketing business <laughs> yeah. i do something on the internet yeah. I didn't get into it too much. I try and just like blow it off because it's, That's, I mean, it's, it's exhaustive just explaining mm-hmm. crypto and NFTs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's a scam. And I, yeah. 100%. You know, and that, and that's, that's the thing I don't like to be you know, kind of grouped in is because uh, it, it, it's, it's tough. Like any new asset you're going to have. I mean, when the Internet first started, how many things were a scam? There probably was a million things that were a scam, you know. And if you were legitimately working on like AOL or something like that, you would have been grouped in with the people that were doing like, you know, bait, clickbait scams or something, you know? So it's just, Mm. you know, that's the way things are going to look like in the beginning. But, you know, it's the, Mm. it's the beauty, I guess the double-edged sword, the gift and the curse of being in the beginning, you know? Mm. Now, kind of speaking of that, the beginning for you, what did that look like? The beginning of the NFT space? NFT space, not not crypto. I know you had a little going on Ooh. crypto before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what did that look like? The NFT space for me, um, I remember looking at Ethermon or mm-hmm. Ethereumon back then. And I was looking at all these digital pets. And I, I remember my wife was there. And I was like, babe, you see what you know what you're looking at on the screen? This is going to be my full-time income. And she's like, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know how that's going to work. And I was like, yeah. Because I was, I was going to buy and sell this pets for you know a sustainable income that was my goal right and um yeah man it, it, it didn't end up being ethermon it ended up being dcl but mm-hmm. um for the start the start for me was getting into decentraland buying land before OpenSea even was a thing or even before decentraland had a marketplace i remember doing otc trades wow. um that's where actually, i, I would <laughs> like early otc yeah, it's, nft trades man yeah but it's it's so interesting how communities organize themselves and make certain activities that may be sketchy and risky. They, they find safe ways to do it. So for example, um, I used to negotiate with someone on Discord who would say, yo, I'm selling two lands and these are my lands, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. I'd negotiate a price with them. And uh, say I'd buy, I would have negotiated four lands for you know 8,000 mana or something at the time. So I'd manually send them 2,000 mana and they'd manually send me the land back and obviously there was some trust that was needed to be done there. Mm-hmm. But back then mana was about eight cents or something. So it was only a couple hundred dollars. It was still scammable, but you know, two hundred dollars is less enticing than I'm assuming 
two thousand dollars to run away with. So um, it's crazy, man. Back then, I did hundreds of deals and never got scammed once. And everyone was weirdly trustworthy. And because that was the norm, OTC trading was the only way to sell your land. Everyone started to have, there was a spreadsheet, Frankie, that was going out there with people's names and the amount of trades that people have done uh, with those. So so vetting people on Discord. So you know that if someone wants to sell or buy, you know who's legitimate. And it started to become a thing where we'd only deal with them. And they started to become escrows. And it was we were organizing ourselves to find safe ways to do it. Obviously, there was a risk, but where there's where there's risk, there's reward if you can understand how to balance it, right? So for me, I was like, oh, if I get scammed one out of five times, fuck it, I'm in profit. You know, four out of the five times, <laughs> I'll make way more money. That will offset the, the getting scammed once. So yeah, yeah. I never got scammed, mm-hmm. but that was the early days, right? No OpenSea, no marketplace, no smart contracts to activate or um, transition transfer assets. Um, but yeah, blogging about DCL, learning about CryptoKitties and all these things. There was really just a handful of projects that were doing somewhat good mm-hmm. and a bunch of others. And DCL land flipping is what kept me in the space. If it wasn't for that, I would have probably been out, you know, six months in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's how it started. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm getting like notifications. I'm going to have to edit out. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, the early days were pretty pretty wild. I remember I, I got in and you had already done a lot of land flipping. I watched a lot of your videos about that in the beginning. And mm. that was one of the things that enticed me. I know I, I bought land after watching videos of yours. Um, the first, oh, nice. Yeah, the first video I watched about any of this stuff was with Steve Wand. But prior, like after that, I wanted to know more about DCL. And then when I typed in DCL or Decentraland, I got DCL Blogger. And so from there, I, you know, mm. we went on and, you know, learned a little bit. Okay, this is how the market works. And I went in and, you know, got my first couple pieces. And it was the same thing where I went into work and I was like, I'm buying land today. You know, and my manager, he's my friend. He's like, he's like whatever, man, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, they know I'm like good for a crazy idea. So, you know, I went with it and, and, you know, it was probably the best decision I ever made just because of the connections I made, even if it wasn't. I wasn't necessarily flipping land, especially at the prices that I was getting land. I wasn't necessary mm. for flipping, you know, but I mean, mm. I still, I still own the bar, which is the original two, first two pieces of land that I bought, you know? So, mm. you know, it's, uh, it's been really good for me as far as education, as far as, uh, uh, my mm. connections I've made obviously with you and, uh, m- so many people in the background that, you know, that don't necessarily have a public platform, you know? It taught mm-hmm. me a lot of things like uh, how to code and how to how to model and do all this stuff that you know that I never would have believed you know that would have been a skill set of mine you know so mm. it's kind of like web uh, three skills yeah yeah you know you just throw yourself in there you know like I mm-hmm. I know so many people who picked up coding that hundred percent would have never picked up coding if it wasn't for this stuff you know so yeah you just see yeah. the value in no it, it's good like, man. Okay, there's a handful of projects in the NFT space that that just push you down some really deep rabbit holes, right. and DCL was one of them. Mm-hmm. And there were the right habit, rabbit holes to go through. Like, yeah, you would make money flipping land, but like you said, you'd also learn skills like coding and 3D development and marketing and running conferences and social meetups. And it was these were necessary skills, right? Yeah. So I think we were a bit fortunate to find DCL when we did. Right, right. Yeah, I always felt it. I always equated it to like um, for the metaverse. If you want to just put it in that big, you know, that big uh, conglomerate, whatever. Um, I always looked at it as like 
you're learning how to be like the concrete company you know you're learning how to be the oil company the the the, the essential you know things mm-hmm. within the space because we don't even have those yet you know like a lot of people um always bring up porn every single time i talk about this to like a newer person and i'm like you know how far out we are from that because there's so much more business to be done than porn like not to say i'm not taking nothing away from anybody that wants to do that i just felt like you know you can have a porn company when you don't have like a police department you know mm-hmm. and not that i want to be the police i'm just saying that you know there's there's things to be done before you have you know a strip club you know you might want to have a grocery store you know mm. yeah no makes sense makes sense so, yeah hey, there's all kinds of weird uh clubs of that nature in the right. early days of dcl oh yeah yeah they, they uh <laughs> they, you know and again that's that's people kind of going with the first first thought or what they might have had like in their mind from web two things you know when you know my mm. if your reference is second life you know and you go into second life and you see like a bunch of naked avatars and all kinds of stuff like that then your natural way of looking at it might be like that but I don't. I looked at it much differently right from the beginning because I, there was, in my mind, there was a lot more business to be done. And I'm just like, you know, we can, we can really do stuff with this stuff, you know. Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of people come in when there's a proven model. Not many people are willing to experiment to find out what this is all about. Because, man, a lot of people I speak to in in IRL, they just, they just want. They're like, all right, well, tell me what coins to put my money in. I'm like, that's not exactly. how it works. It's not how exactly. it works. It's the wrong question, right? And everybody wants that point and click answer. It's like, you know, uh, where does it go? Just let me know, and then I'll I'll, I'll collect the money. You know. <laughs> well, you know what? Talking about that, uh, one of my friends got super super into crypto, mm-hmm. and then uh, he's like a simple minded guy, and he likes the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he got really into staking. And I would have never thought this person would have gotten into staking because staking is something that you get into when you're really deep into the crypto world, right? And like a normie wouldn't get into staking that easily. And the reason why he got into staking is because Axie and Infinity and their access uh, yield, they made it so easy where all you have to do is just rock up every day and click restake. Right. And then you're making money. Yeah. So talking about like just because you mentioned like they just want a button that says do this you know <laughs> it's more, funny the crypto the more space money button made <laughs> more money yeah actually infinity <laughs> literally made the get more money button <laughs> uh, yeah, they weren't the first one staking but that was really one of the first options no. of a side chain that was being staked on a like a mass scale like a lot of people knew about that you know it was mm. already kind of going mm. on so yeah actually was uh, actually was great uh, on board for a lot of people it taught a lot of people the, yeah. the general gist of it in the like the the easiest way possible. You know, it gives you a little guy. You, you fight him. Oh, these guys can you know then you know uh, accrue you SLP, which is another coin, and that could you know possibly make you some money. And then you know you you can you can breed them and make another one and sell the other. You know, so it became like an understanding mm. of just generally how Web three works, even just on like the most basic scale. You know, um, so mm-hmm. and a lot of these projects are you know. Like I said, they they, the, they haven't reached their fruition. They haven't reached like what they're really trying to get at, long term. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see what like, I feel like we're in this stage now where we're gonna see a lot of our projects that go from uh, ideas to you know to to uh, like putting things into action, and that's when you're really like checking these people because 
at that point is when you're really going to be like, okay, uh, did that work? You know, is that mm. like, um, is that economy like really going to work is it with that, with those, mm. you know, with those algorithms yeah. that you've written up, does that really make mm. money, you know? So, and nine times out of ten, it's a no <laughs> upon launch, yep. and then it's the fine tuning that that gets it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you got to keep. I remember game. actually Infinity. I actually never played that game. I, I thought it was boring. The I know people played the game mm-hmm. um, back when they had a really basic version of the game out, where it was just you just put your actors together, and then the algorithm spits out a winner. Um, I got into it when there was actually gameplay where you right. you could play with the cards and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. And DCL as well, another example where they launched and it was like, yeah. You really had to have an imagination imagination if you wanted to like look at DCL in the early days and say, oh yeah, I can see a whole world here, you know, (laughs) like I can see businesses in here and, you know, like, yeah. um... (laughs) I think I was as nervous, if not more nervous than the team, because I'd been blogging my ass off about it for two years before it launched. And anyone that went in there would have gone in there. Well, a lot of people came to DCL because of my content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I knew that whatever the outcome of that would be would either make or break my brand. I was like, uh. yeah. but it's interesting. Some people came back. I remember the first day or two, it was just getting completely shat on. Yeah. And then every now and then one person would come by and be like, oh, that was pretty cool. Wow, DCL has some, some future. I was like, really? Cool. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like this collective confidence started to come back up. Yep. And um you know, this handful of projects that I saw launch and do terrible and then pick themselves back up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it gives you that perseverance mindset where the NFT project you're working on or anything else that you see around you that may fall, you know, it could pick back up because mm-hmm. it's been done. It's been done in the past. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it's whether like the person has the vision and the team, let's say the team has the vision because you got to kind of stick to it. You know, it's like, you know. You got to believe that this is the thing that's going to happen down the road. And you don't know when down the road is going to be down the road. Sometimes it's three months and sometimes down the road is a whole couple years where, you know, it's, mm. it's hard on you. And, and you know, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling broke and all kinds of stuff. You know, you're like, why am I working on this? You know, and, and I, I feel mm. like I remember a conversation. This is funny. It was probably Mana was around three cents. And I remember mm. um, one of my friends, young kid, he said, uh, you know, Mana feels like a stable coin. And it was like, he might have not finished typing the sentence and it popped up the 10 cents. And I was just like, <laughs> that's crypto, you know? That's, that, that's how fine. things work, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually bought Mana for my parents for uh, around 8 cents yeah. in 2019 when I was super into it. And I was like, dad, just hold this. It's going to go into, it's going to go to 20, 30 cents, trust me. And then it just got demolished and it went to 3 cents for like, Two years. Yeah, that's I, mean, I, totally I forgot about it. It was forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it went down to three cents, and my dad's five k became like one and a half, and he was just like, "I ah, just leave it." And then it boomed, and then it became like sixty k, and he was just like, "Oh!" And now he's so into crypto, <laughs> and it's good. I actually like that he got in back then because he saw how it works. Exactly. Um, or else if he, you know, people that got in in the good days of crypto, they're not going to be here, not, and they won't know what to do when it gets eerily quiet mm-hmm. you don't have no mm. point of reference you know you got to live through these uh these crypto winters they call them you know so it's like yeah it's, and it's not easy you know where I, I would it's like a version of that going on right now but it's not like it's like trying to try to like preface people with like you don't know what, how bad it can it can look you know like 
mm. could look like this for an extended period of time. It don't necessarily have to go directly down and just down and down and down to zero. But if it just goes sideways from down, boy, that gets, you know, that, that gets tough on your mental, you know? Mm. Mm. So, you know, you got to mm. understand that where the whole space is going because otherwise you'll, you know, you'll, you'll become impatient and then, you know, possibly sell off whatever it is that you had and down the road, mm. Some it it doesn't take much, but a little bit of news, a little bit of interest, and then next thing you know, that project's right on the forefront. You know, and, and I've seen too many mm. projects become number one and then number seven hundred, and vice versa. Mm. You know, yeah. You, you look at these charts, especially if you look at like, um, like let's say a twenty-four hour or, or a seven-day chart. Excuse me, a seven-day like uh, you know um, the tops, you know the top five projects or whatever. And they're, they're, it's like they're always changing, you know, because mm. it, it happens like where you have like, oh, the interest is so high for this one project. It might be just starting. So the, it, the, the interest is high because the speculation like, oh, wow, I think this could do great. If I get in early, I'm going to do great. You know, so th that's like the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the team has to go to work after they launch whatever. You know, when, when it comes to NFTs, you kind of have to create the NFT and then create the function it's kind of hard to make all that happen all at once mm. so you know you, you're like oh okay. man it takes time yeah so like this is yeah you know when you write a contract or as far as like you know, when you're coding it you know you write all the contract out for for let's say the nfts themselves and then you have to deploy them in order to use them then on the next on on the project itself you know so let's say mm -hmm. you have a bunch of nfts that say they're land yeah you, you create all these land pieces well then the land pieces have to go out for the project to then be you know to use them you, know, you wouldn't mm -hmm. make everything all at once so that's kind of the process and, and i think that so you have a lot of people that get in i'm early and then usually right after that i'm early sentiment it just goes away and, and it goes away in a way like you know sometimes really fast which means the prices go down you know mm -hmm. where that you know where that sentiment is like oh um like i'm not into that or they're not doing anything so people forget about it. It's definitely not making me any money. I can't flip them no more. And people flip them to a certain number up high. It's unrealistic anyway. So then that comes back. And then until the next time that project put out, um, like, actual, like, tangible information. Oh, wow, they're, they're, they're coming with this next thing. And that's how you stake on that. And, you know, this is why the economy mm -hmm. works or makes sense or why you would want to even have this in the first place then it's like okay mm -hmm. then there's a second round of maybe excitement but then it still might not be in practice like most projects today are still not in like full bloom you know like the well, even decentraland is not in full bloom and, and it's been going on since i think any of them are like That's if you even if you look at axie mm -hmm. uh, you look at sandbox it hasn't even released yet to the public you look at dcl they still got probably four years ahead of them in stabilization and, and optimizations to get like really really fluid Maybe not four years, maybe two years. You look at Axie Infinity, they're still a basic ass. Like, their game is so basic, man. It is like yeah. a, a, no card game a that basic you can find game. Anywhere. The only difference is yeah. you can own the assets within the card game. You know? Yeah, yeah. And credit to, the, credit to them for making it. Mm -hmm. And I, I know there was a lot of work that went behind the math and the, the economy and, and everything, the algorithms of that. So, credit to them, I'm not taking that away from them. I'm just right. saying that, you know, when you zoom out, it's a super basic game. Right. They've got the land gameplay that's yet to come out. Um, and that's, you know, when that goes full fledged in the next two to four years, I think that would be 
like you could say that Axie is reaching its final form, right? Now, with but that still, being like, said, though, the, the land was released in what, 2018, yeah. something like that? So people uh, the land maybe maybe late nineteen or yeah. or something, but, but maybe so even eighteen. Got, maybe, they right? had, like these packages that were released, and they're like you know they had land items, they had land, and you know people held on to those for long, 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 and you know some of them maybe flipped them and made money, but it became a hard process to hold and hold on to that and see the see the vision when even the game mm-hmm. wasn't really going on. Like you said, the the, the beginning it was like a, almost like a simulation. You, know, you put your guys against my guys and see who wins. You know, and then it started yeah. to be the card game, and now they've got a more in-depth card game with a couple extra moves, but there's still not the mm. land game. You know, so if you were holding yeah. land since the beginning, you're like, man, I'm seeing a little bit, but uh, you know, what does my land do? What does my land potentially do? You know, mm. I think there's a lot of pressure on them as well now, right? Like some of those lands are going for 100k plus, <laughs> and it's like, Don't shit, like saw- <laughs> how do we have to make this game? <laughs> yeah, I sold those lands so early. Oh my god. <laughs> Me too, man. I had a hundred piece Savannah land. It was like a full hundred set connected Savannah land. I think I sold it for ten ETH, and I was like, "Yeah, flipped it yeah. for two X." Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that, <laughs> and then I sold my land late, much later than you, feeling great. I'm like, man, you know. Like... You but, were crushing it with the breeding, weren't you? Oh you, yeah, we did really breeding well with birds. birds. Like, was, yeah, are you still doing like, that? Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I I stopped really kind of dealing with Axie. I have I have mm. axes. I have I have enough axes so when I want to get started again I'll always be able to, to get started, you know. I always had mm. uh, you know I always keep myself a I call like a good stable of axes that I could always start breeding the breeds that I want and what have you. But I don't um mm. actively play um most of my friends that I got into they still play. So I I'm, I'm mm. always good with that. Interesting. You know, my friends, you know, my friends got into it, they play and they've made, you know, money off of it and stuff. So that's really Nothing more I can ask. Yeah, you know? yeah, man. When you get your your homies into <clears throat> what we're doing here, that's probably the best thing out of all of this. You make yeah. some money, they make some money. Yeah. You can sort of talk crypto in real life with them. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but yep. yeah, f- for me, for a very long time, it's been no one in the real world has has really understood what I do, and I think for you as well, it, it was the same until you got your roommate and stuff into it. Right. But yeah. Yeah, it's good to see them win. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's good to see anybody who you either came up with or, you know, you know, were broke with together or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, now kind of flourishing, doing their own things. And what, what I, re- I was most proud of is that most of my friends, even if they got out of Axie or out of crypto, they found ways to invest, which I always thought was the, the underlying thing that we were getting after. Like we were learning how to invest, mm-hmm. you know, something that we're mm-hmm. not necessarily taught in school, you know, um, Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's like we were learning how to invest, and you know, some got into this, and some got into that, and you know, we're all kind of thinking along the same lines. Whether it may be, I'm into crypto, and they're into you know, dogs and cards and whatever, maybe you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet a lot of them got rug pulled, just like uh, a lot of my friends and me. <laughs> you have to go through like eight rug pulls and find one or two really good ones. Yeah, you have to you have to lose some money around here. There's no way you're gonna always win. You know, and, and yeah, yeah, when you when you're looking for that, even yeah, I don't know about you, man. Like this bull run, you would think like I was, you know, four years experience, but man, I've had some heavy L's in 2021 and 2022. You're like, fuck, like, yeah, why did I buy so much of this? But I, yeah, yeah, I, I know that I've. I mean, we talk about the the wearables. You know, 
um, that was the first thing that I kind of connected with you on. And that was like, I thought that was going to take me directly to the moon. I was like, I'll be sitting on the moon 2020, you know, <laughs> that's where my brain was at at the time. And I'd done pretty well on them. And I'm fine with the way, cause here's the thing is you got to remember, you got to remember the wins, you know, those wins got me mm-hmm. into Axie, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the Axie wins got me into art and then the art wins, they broke even, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's like, whatever, you know, you, you try to like take, I always tell my friends, if you get a W, then take that and go find something else and whether, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. And that's, that's what I'm saying about many of my friends that took their W's and went and found some in real life things to go invest in. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. crypto. It, 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 it's not, that was never what I was mm. trying to get after. And with me, it's definitely my, uh, my area of expertise, so I, I, I stick with it. You know? And I know that in the, in the later future, I might want to get into this and that in the regular world. But for right now, that's kind of like what I like to do. You know? So I'm cool with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. It's been a good, uh, well, at least for me during COVID lockdowns and stuff, it's been a very good distraction. Right, crypto and, NFTs. And yeah, you're stuff. out, you're out there in Australia, and like the the lockdowns have been serious, mm. huh? Yeah, yeah. It, there was a there was a period where there'd be three to four months straight, and then there was like a glimpse of hope where they'd they'd release it for a bit, and then everyone would run outside to cafes and start meeting up, and then two days later they'd lock it down again. Yeah, and that went on for I think a whole year. It was uh, it was pretty crazy, man. Yeah, but. Yeah. I was honestly so deep into NFTs and crypto, it didn't affect me that much oh, until yeah. the later days. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I know like a lot of people were affected just mentally and work-wise. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, out here it was wild because you had many states kind of battling each other, you know, in the states. So you had mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know, these people, you know, are for the mass. These people are for against the mass. And everybody wants to yell and shout and be physically violent. And that was, was crazy. I'm like, you know, we have this sickness going on and you want to go get like physical with people. You know, I'm like, man, I don't want to be nowhere near people in this thing. You know, <laughs> But, you know, that was uh, the nature <laughs> of, um, I think the mental health thing was something that maybe a lot of the, maybe was the un- unseen, you know, outcome of some of this stuff was like, we didn't yeah. take, into, take into account that some people just, really can't be inside like that and, and you know mm. it'll drive them crazy you know yeah like yeah I was, I was able to just kick it back in the house like all right i got this thing i knew in the back of my mind before the thing started that i had you know this nft thing going on and not that i knew it was gonna be a ton of money but i knew i'd at least have something to do at the house you know mm. we were just i was just learning dcl i was like man i got so much to learn i have you know um i could study blender for a year you know i could study coding for another year so I, I i knew that i had things to do and then when it happened uh the community really took me in open arms they were like you know hey you want to do this you want to do that yourself you know mm-hmm. uh, you know like the whole De- decentraland kind of like foundation really like they really helped me out a lot because i had questions and they had the answers you know so mm-hmm. yeah that was, that was a good distraction yeah uh made a lot yeah, of i think there was a there was a time though where it got a bit freaky when it first started, when COVID first hit, you're like, oh, shit, what's the NFT industry going to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then there's about three months of that. And then we're like, oh, we're going to be just fine. Yeah, we, I, I think that we had a, a real good understanding about midway through a couple months in, like, we're chilling. You know, we're, we're in Discord mm-hmm. together. Discord was a way different thing back then. It was a lot more, like, less people. So you would 
kind of know anybody on, on this or that Discord server, you know, like a whole, you know, a lot. You would know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a really uh, tight community, and we all were able to kind of point each other in the right direction for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because prior mm-hmm. to um, to COVID was when I got in, and there was a lot of friction in DCL and in the NFT community in general. There was a lot of argumentative people and, you know, trolling and all kinds of stuff. And see when the pandemic... What happened to Honey Badger? <laughs> I ask this question all the time. I, I would imagine he runs by, or she, I don't know who, you know, runs by a different name. I would imagine. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that, that they would run by the same name anymore just because of <laughs> the, the sheer amount of trolling that, that was kind of um, Ill, ill-minded, Ill you know? So, you know... Crazy. I mean, we used, so funny, yeah. we used to once joke about, um, like, they probably bought in at uh, 27 cents. And now if you think about it, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know Honey Badger, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to explain it, Frankie. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like a, a three-year uh, troll. troll or, yeah, I don't know what it was. I think it was just like a heavy critic critic who just wouldn't sell and move on but would stay in the discord every day hammering at dcl and every decision they made for three years straight right and it was it was <laughs> like, all right fair enough three months vr right that, that was the biggest thing with that that person yeah i think when about. dcl pivoted yeah i think when they pivoted to delay vr he just he was just never positive from that point onwards it was all about why they're doing you know it was i think they kept kept bringing up the same point as to why not vr why not vr and uh, honestly i think it it affected a lot of people as well like people were they they invested because it would be vr but you know things change and they it is my thought is this you know i i have a vr headset now and like hmm. i don't even where is it it's upstairs or something i don't even know where it is Uh, you know and not to say i never use it it's just not ready that whole platform is not ready you know i go in there it's like i do research mm. in vr you know i don't really use it like for fun you know i go in there and, and mm. see where we're going to be in a few years but if we would have stuck to vr whether we be in decentraland or we you know let's say crypto boxes or um sandbox or any of the the, the main platforms that they would have said we're strictly vr i think that those those companies or those platforms would still be waiting for their pop because it it just you know and and you could be doing so much more in the meantime you know as far mm-hmm. as doing business and stuff like that you know so i think that that it's our understanding that the technology will be there at some point but if you're not already doing something before the tech because the technology can always be implemented there's not gonna be no problem mm-hmm. two three years from now or whatever one year from now to implement vr in a in like a meaningful way you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but for the time being what do we look like having VR and, you know, let's say some of the, th- like not, or like having the DAO be like less active or, you know, things like that, you know, or maybe not have gone so far with wearables and having people you know, be able to create, or I don't know. I don't, I don't know what things would have had the lag behind, but I know that things would have had the lag behind. And I don't think that that would have been the best case for Decentraland. I don't know about the other ones, but you know, I, I do feel that, uh, VR is not ready today. It's not ready, really tomorrow. You know, we what needs to happen with VR? The headset needs becomes lighter. Needs to become more comfortable, and you know, I, those are the two major things: lighter and more comfortable. And I feel like then people would want to do that a little bit more. You know, 
Mm. Yeah, I read a um, article by Philip Rosedale, the guy that made Second Life. Oh or, yeah, I spoke with Philip before. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool, and he was yeah. he was sort of he wrote an article about. The, the failings of VR. I, I can't remember the title of it. It was sort of like the, the hurdles, the big ones, and mm-hmm. it was super interesting. And it, it is what you said, mm-hmm. like the um, the you know the light lightness, the weightness, uh, the weight. Um, and also one interesting thing he said was that when you're in VR, like when you're on the laptop, mm-hmm. you know you're hearing, you're getting what you want from the digital space. You're as efficient there, and you're also physically there. So you know, if your your parents call you, your kids crying, you can attend to that. Your phone has a buzz or it starts buzzing, you can pick it up. But when you're in VR, you're you're now immersed here. You you are now there. Right. You know, more in the real world. So there's no, you can't manage both at the same time, and you need to be able to. Mm-hmm. So I think when when that starts to happen, then people would happily be in VR. And there's also this thing where if you're in VR, you have to sort of move around um to to you know participate but you know who who wants to do that right when you come home from a 10 hour day day job you just want to lie on the couch and just move your fingers with That's the, the thing game that, controller um, that can be easily kind of taken care of if they make more vr things that are less about you waving your arms yeah yeah more just having like a the, you know the, the you have analog yeah. sticks and you have all the buttons you would need to play like a regular video game with vr but i think that even, well, why can't we just put a headset on, headset on right now, and then just use mouse and a keyboard, and just look around because it's, it's just a visual experience, right? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I, I think that it's just like, I don't think that the VR companies are looking at it that way. They, I, th- I think in the beginning, because they have all this, all these, um, you know, these inputs, if you will, like you know, for your body and all mm-hmm. that. So they're thinking like that's what people would want, but maybe you know, there's got to be a rethink done, and maybe you got to take a look and say. We want to be immersed visually, but I want to sit down, chill. Mm. You know, maybe yeah, yeah. Some some games I want to get up and dance around or whatever it is. You know, was you know, and jump around or whatever. Yeah, but you know, very rarely. Forty, though. yeah. If I'm forty. Yeah. I want to sit and chill, man. I'm not trying to do all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> if you're running around chasing your kids around all day, I don't think you really want to be. Then after that, jumping around <laughs> with kids. Doing mm. stuff, you know, like I've been playing some games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Juxton actually turned me on to this game. I forget the name of it, but you kind of like are floating around and throwing a, a disc and you know trying to score goals. And I got these like ten year olds, you know, they're literally flying circles around me, and I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's there's yeah. got to be uh, understanding that not everybody's gonna want that. You know? No, no, I think it's immersive enough just on a visual experience level, especially and that's the theory it. Like that's and the angles and you know. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, if I just think about VR and where I find fun in it, is just hanging out with my friend, six or seven of us, just walking around different spaces, just looking at shit, right. <laughs> just talking to other people, right? Right, and you could, um, like you said, you could have a, you could have. A I mean, like if I wanted that, to play you know? ball and stuff, if I wanted to play pool or ball or something, I just go meet them in real, in the, in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like you're never gonna get that until twenty years from now, until we're all wearing body suits. But till then, just talking to them in VR is is enough for me. Right. you know if that yeah that. so i think there's uh, definitely should be like a little bit of a rethink about what people want from vr and then uh mm. what we can offer in the technology side because it's I, you know i'm not kind of sold on all the technology being ready you know i don't think that you know when you look at like vr when you talk about video games you know because i'm into video games 
we play video games, they have like high end graphics. And then you go to VR mm-hmm. and you're like in Nintendo 64, like, you know, GameCube graphics. And you're like, we don't want that. We want both of those things mm-hmm. to exist together. We want high end graphics and VR, you know? Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. to say that that's an easy task. I'm just saying maybe the technology is not there. And so maybe a rethink could happen where you can still use mm-hmm. virtual reality technology that doesn't necessarily have to have you literally in the video game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's got to be you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. another use for that technology, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had many. Uh, we haven't we haven't had many like VR focused people in the space in the NFT crypto space. No, I'm, I think Artur is the most VR crazy. But in terms of like, right, right, you know, a whole a whole group of minds that are working on VR and merging that with blockchain, mm-hmm. I haven't seen much of that um, discussion. Uh, I know of platforms, but they they haven't even really fully come out. You know, so you know you have like Blocktopia and uh, what was the other one? Uh, well, you got Somnium, Somnium, of course. Here's the thing is, you know, I always felt the same thing. I've always said it since the beginning, since I was in the Somnium in the beginning. I'm like, we're not there for VR yet. And, you know, shout out, like, much love to Artur for, for being so, such an advocate. Because, you know, no one is, is, like, more an advocate for get your headset on, come on, have some fun with me. You know, and I, and I you got to appreciate that. But we're, I don't feel that we're 100% there when it comes to the masses, the public. And, you know... You see Facebook, you know, buying, you know, Oculus out and then calling it Meta, whatever it is. But I always felt like the ploy of calling it Meta, it's like almost like stealing our name, you know, like the name that we kind of all came, you know, to uh, to agreement, like this is the Metaverse. And then like, it felt like they bought Oculus and then it was like, man, this isn't working, you know, and let's let's throw a name on this (laughs) that everybody's talking about. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, I think any if there was one company that's sort of arrogant enough to think that they could be and make the metaverse, it'd be Facebook. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. The problem is they're so big, there's so much money that they can stick around and lose money and lose money and lose money until it's worth it. And then they just win, win, mm. win, 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 win when it happens, you know? Mm. Mm. We'll see. We'll see well, it's fun. It's challenging, though. Yeah. For us. To me, it's it's... I, I would imagine that VR takes off when it's glasses and not a goggle set, you know? At least... Yeah, man, when like it's... Uh, the, the, the weight of glasses comes in or whatever, like, you know, like, not necessarily... It don't have to look, like, exactly like glasses, but if it's a yeah, set yeah. of goggles that's lighter on your face and there's less... If, you know, right now, my Oculus feels like I had a whole computer on the front of my face. And, you know, <laughs> like, I'm carrying my laptop right here. Boom! You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, natural, yeah. man. It don't feel good. I think... VR will take off when it's when it comes in an eight dollar Happy Meal and it weighs twenty grams and every freaking kid, man, and your mom and dad has it and all they have to do is just boop, put it on and we're in VR. Yeah, yeah. that's when it'll take off. <laughs> yeah. Until then, we got some time. It's all speculation until then. But you know, much of this NFT market is speculation. You know, that's that's really what mm. what we're doing until the, going back to the projects not really being at the, the state of, you know, function or, or some of them not even really like conceptually, like, what is this? You know, um, we're, we're in speculation. Look at the other side drop that happened not too long ago with uh, Bored Apes and that, you know, I always feel yeah. like Bored Apes are kind of like pulling at strings to, f- to find a function in the world, you know? And like, you know, you have like, they dropped the land thing and, and you know, 
all speculation that the you know, everybody wants to make a board eight money off the land now. And it's like, well, you know, when you talk about dropping a land project, you know, you better start showing something now. You know, what is what is what what is you know, why is what and what's fun about this? Mm. You know, what I mean, mm. I always like speculated that when it came to those projects, um, when it comes to the ten k projects, you know, uh, the PFP projects, mm. it's like, who wants a metaverse that's restricted in one way or another, whether it's who can make money or whatever to like this many users, you know, whether it's 10K, 50K, 100K, Mm, mm, you know, you mm. need multiple millions of users in order to have a successful game platform, whatever you want. You know, Mm -hmm. Facebook could never operate like with an exclusive 60,000 members. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Like, that's not it. It, You know? Yeah. You know? But I think uh, what Basie has experimented with successfully and other collections is the expansion of those collections so you obviously got macy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think right now it's about still building out the product but when there's millions of people here i don't see why they wouldn't do like a, a hundred thousand plus collection right but right. but at the end of the day there needs to be some free tier there needs to be like mm-hmm. a way to get involved with nothing right and and have fun so yeah if fun is going to be the point i mean that's the thing is you know because you, you have these, like, you want this, like, the 3D digital experience, you know? And then in their case, you have, like, a kind of a beautiful 3D visual experience. That, you know, at least that's what I think they're getting at with, like, you know, the art being kind of similar, you know? you know But mm. you you would need still, like, a lot of people to, to want to be there and for what reason, you know? And so whether it's mm. your, like, with Decentraland, I always feel like we, we're trying to get at, like, the 3D internet, you know? That's, like... Mm. that's the thing you know like if we can accomplish being the 3d internet then that's really what the central land is trying to get at sandbox mm-hmm. might be want to be like a more like a roblox or something like that for for um you know uh web3 space you know where you can have like you still mm. do business within that you can still buy and sell things and uh, possibly even make money have a whole job but you know uh, uh it's still in kind of like game format you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. And then you know whether a CV ends up being like the art gallery of the metaverse, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But you're gonna have to have some sort of function, like broader function, you know, whole genre that's you know that your metaverse kind of represents. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, really isn't necessary. You know, the old um, adage from um, oh geez, I'm losing his name, but um, he used to say like. Do, do you really need a blockchain for that? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Some things do not need a blockchain and some things do not need a metaverse. You know? mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that being said, let's talk about MetaKey because that was um, one of your first bigger projects that I remember mm-hmm. um, you coming with and it was so cool because we would talk about things, we would always talk about like, you know, what this world looks like and MetaKey has been like a membership almost to the entire space for some people. I know some people that got involved with MetaKey really early and they're some mm-hmm. of the happiest campers. <laughs> you know, they, they're happy. You know, they, they've, they've gotten involved. They were able to learn about other projects, um, sometimes have things airdrop to them that maybe got them into mm-hmm. those projects. Um, I know from being involved with different projects that, you know, when you might get involved with something and then it would, because you know about that project, 
if it's the right kind of project, then it would inform you going forward about other things that you may not have ever looked into. And I always felt like mm-hmm. Medikeep was one of those. Um, let's talk about how that kind of started and where that, where that idea even came from. Mm. I think it was just a shower thought, man. It was like, oh, you know, it was this thing for a while in the NFT space in the early days. It was like, why don't why don't more projects connect with each other? Why aren't CV and Decentraland talking, right? And I think we would talk among communities as to and wonder why this interoperability thing isn't happening. And now looking back, you know, it's it, it was easy to moan and, and cry about it back then. But now being a founder, you realize how much work needs to be done to just build a product. So, you know, respect to them for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, all right, well, if, if projects don't do it, because most of them can't why not why not a project focused on connecting them do it where with an nft which can connect the two right right so that was the idea it was like projects can't do it because they're going to be probably spending the next two to four years building out their own products and serving their own community but an interoperability focused project can do it and leverage the fact that dcl is already four years mature that sandbox when it releases is four years mature. Like these, you can now leverage the fact that there are apps and products that are utilizing NFTs and say, oh well, here's an NFT project. Just just integrate this in a way that can bring a user base to you. Um, so it was a it was a it was a mix of that thought and also uh, a, those three things to it. There was that. There was also the idea of you know millions of people will come to the Web three space. And so your customer base is, is as big as Web3 is going to be. So expansive-wise, like the, the scale, scale-wise, the scalability model was, was massive mm-hmm. if it worked out. Right. And the third thing was my network at that time was pretty powerful. Like I knew pretty much everyone in the industry. And so I could pick up the phone and, and say, hey, do you want to do this or that? And most of them would say yes. Mm-hmm. So um, the way I was utilizing that network was was very small, like I was doing podcasts or I would do a YouTube interview, but how, how do you utilize a network that that big in a way that brings value to yourself, your equity, and, and they're, what they're working on? And Medikey made a lot of sense. So when I thought about the Medikey, the next day I literally called like 20 to 30 people. I remember calling Whale Shark, I called like Neon District, I called, uh, you know, all these people that I thought would be interesting to do collaborations with. And they were like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, we're down for it. So I was like, all right, that's Cool. So the next month I launched the Medikey and uh, yeah, man, it's been good, but it's taken a long time to figure out exactly what and where we want to do things. Um, I think the last 12 months was that figuring out phase. Um, Now it's like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. Let's focus 100% on these these certain specific things, right? So uh, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been good. So so what does it look like going forward? What do you... um... What do you plan on? Not just not like a whole bunch of alpha, nothing like that. I'm just like you know what what do you what do you vision? Whether it's Medicaid mm. going forward or or also it's um it's importance to the the general space. You know? mm. I think the the good thing about the Medicaid is it's so flexible. It can do whatever is hot in the space or mm-hmm. whatever the space suddenly finds out to be a new industry. We can play in that industry. Mm-hmm. I think um what we what we decided on. Uh, well, sort of three to four pillars that I think um, the Medikey will contribute to. And one of them is the Med Academy, mm-hmm. which is just like a, a course portal. You can go into it if you have the Medikey. We haven't really worked on it that much, but we have a full redesign and probably another 10 courses lined up. Um, 
and maybe a play to earn incentive to it or a learn to earn sort of thing in, mm-hmm. incentive to it. So there's like some models being worked out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, so the education process is going to be one. The brand onboarding is a really big one where there's a lot of Web2 brands that want to activate in this space. Right. So think like, you know, fashion brands or even legacy brands like, uh, you know, Australian Open wants to come to this space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nike wants to come to this space. Everyone wants to come to this space, but they cannot connect to an NFT native community because right. it's very difficult to, right? We've seen how difficult it is for them to do that. So mm-hmm. MediKey can do that for them. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we, we build their stuff in DCL, the sandbox or wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. We become part of their strategy to onboard and we what I think is super valuable is licensed wearables or licensed items across this space because these are basically your early art that's wearable where in 10 years time when everyone's wearing stuff and NFTs people are going to look back and be like holy shit artifact first released their wearables in DCL these are the first wearables I'm going to go get them right Mm -hmm. these are the early stuff so for me when I have a partnership with like a really big legacy brand I want to drop wearables to the whole community because even though they may not see value in it today, in 10 years' time, it'll be like the first time, you know, Amazon released freaking wearables yeah, or mean, something like that. Look at like the, all the old Coca-Cola stuff that became super collectible into the way future. I don't think that people would have looked at their old Coca-Cola machine at the time. They're just trying to get it out of their store, you know, and to get the new thing mm. or whatever. But those things mm. ended up being worth a lot of money. You know, and even just mm. simple signs, you know, simple things from because it's from a time period that it might have been the inception of that company and how they got so big. You know what I mean? Mm. And so now you have this old stuff that actually becomes like rarer and rarer, especially in real world, because the things deteriorate and people throw them away or whatever. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> in our case, in digital stuff, a lot of times the early stuff, like, for instance, early Top Shot stuff was like one of like a thousand, you know, per item. And now they make mm. like, I don't know, 30,000 of every run or whatever, you know? Um, mm. You know, so there was less users for them to even potentially see. So they're like, hey, we've got like a thousand of these a piece. Or, you know, there's, a, you know, let's say in Coca Cola's case, they might have been made like, you know, 300 machines, you know, at the time. And now there's mm. way more all over them. They're so generic and the same old, same old, you know, but they were like, yeah. they were like four Coca Cola at that time. They were made like, that's what a Coca-Cola machine looks like as opposed to like, that's a vending machine and they slap the Coca-Cola sticker in there and that's a Coca-Cola machine, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think they're going to be a big deal like uh, these wearables because exactly what you said. So, so Metaverse strategy is one of our things that we do where we just say yes to any brands that want to come to this space and then we sort of activate them and do a drop or we will build an integration into them and we got like about eight to 10 companies lined up for the next 12 to 14 months it's going to be crazy um and things like massive events as well so think like um you know events as big as a dcl festival or something like that where it'd be run by the medici so like these sort of events which we we've done the modeling for but we haven't really gone off with right. um so metaverse strategy is one uh the med academy is two and then we have the new ganymede so i'm not sure if that's come up on your radar have you seen new ganymede what, what is it Oh wow! You haven't. It's a it's our virtual world that we've sort of launched. It's oh, called New no, Ganymede. No, no. You haven't seen it? Oh, no, dude. Uh, go sometimes, to, sometimes I'm. Go to like... the Medikey Twitter. Okay, hold on. So I'm going. Yeah, do it right now. Go to the Medikey Twitter and watch the trailer. Oh boy, there we go. It's pinned.
this is one thing about working in this space is that you end up sometimes just working and working and working and then you don't look up and even sometimes for me I'll, I won't look up and I'll, I'll like uh, I'll uh, find out about a project that I probably should have known about so long ago <laughs> I don't think I have the music playing on on uh, on the podcast, but I'll try to describe what I'm seeing. <laughs> new, how do you how do you say that? It's an, it's an A, New Ganymede. New Ganymede, okay, New Ganymede. Is there an origin behind that word? Uh, Michael came up with it. Uh, I think there is. <laughs> <laughs> as your meta crew guy yep so you got your, all your meta crew guys as in there as avatars and if you don't know the meta crew is like your avatar project i don't want to call it a pfp project when you got full avatars right here but mm. this is earning customized nft items you've got like a whole see this is like a almost like a high-end high quality uh like video game looking kind of thing that this not necessarily look like uh your normal metaverse Mm -hmm. You can fight with weapons, multiple weapon classes. Key holder access to customizable. I missed that. They got like these little flying hand glider dealies, kind of look like Apex Legends. Key and crew holder exclusives. That's probably what that is. Okay. It's like zombie robots. That was this. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. These are um, really just just a glimpse of what we're building. Right. But if you think, if you look at that and you think, all right, how's it going to look like when you get multiple avatar collections in here, which we're already in talks of doing? Mm -hmm. um, how is it going to be like when? So what we're doing first is sort of like a central virtual mm -hmm. hub where you can just go in there and socialize because people just want to go in and rep the avatar. Right. Or rep an NFT, right? Yeah. That's the basic stuff. We, we, yeah. know, we know that because in DCL, we used to love ripping our wearables, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and people so still do. I mean, you're going to go in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to go in there, chat, talk, blah, blah, blah. But then there's this questing feature where you can start quests. And, um, you know, it'll be like shooting games. It'll be tower defense. You can go and do dungeons. And then you can do quests within this space mm -hmm. with your friends that look like apes or they look like however they want to look like when they bring their collections in. Right. Um, and then you can go and continue the quest across DCL and the sandbox. So it's cross metaverse questing. Um, so that's our big focus. So we're probably going to spend the next year building that out. Um, and we're working with Improbable as well. Um, or at least we're in the talks of, uh, you know, seeing how they can scale our user base. But yeah, man, that's going to be a big focus of ours where it's kind of like high quality gaming. Mm hmm um with the assets so the medic key and the in and avatars and we're working with some massive brands to get them as well in the game mm -hmm. but so we're doing that so that's the third thing and then the fourth thing we're doing just integrations within games and apps which was you know the first sort of idea with the medic key so there's a bunch of stuff we're doing and um i haven't not many people know know much of this stuff because i've been quite i've been pretty quiet on my twitter mm -hmm. um but Come Wednesday, I'll have my new house, and I'm going to be screaming at the top of my lungs from <laughs> nice. the old Maddie. For the last 12 months, I've just been, you know, in, I haven't been able to, to be Twitter crazy as I used to be. But when I go, when I go there, it's going to go back to being a social freak. 
awesome. uh, with YouTube content and all that sort of stuff. Awesome. Um, so everyone sort of knows what we're up to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that looks amazing. And uh, if you get a chance to just go to the MetaKey Twitter and just go take a look at that yourself, because um, you can see the high-end graphics already. I mean, it looks very, very similar, almost like Apex Legends. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with that game, but it's a, a game that my friend plays <laughs> constantly, and so I'm pretty familiar. But yeah, uh, it, it looks great, and then I could see that working out great. And that's another thing we're gonna need is is see with with some of the some of the metaverses that we have right now, they're very, like I said, almost like 3D internet, um, you know, or this other kind of like, not necessarily based on high end, like high poly graphics, you know, mm. um, but we need that, you know, the gamers, gamers look at some of this stuff yeah. and laugh because they, they look at this stuff and they're like, why would I do that when I can be in my Xbox doing whatever is in there and that's high, yeah. you know, high, high, or in my computer, which has mm. even higher end graphics, you know, and so they're asking why do they need to, to in their in their frame of mind, dumb it down. Yeah, you know? fair question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Especially when they're seeing people spend millions of dollars in it, they like can't that make sense. The big, of that's it the biggest all, thing right? for them. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, they're, then they're feeling like they're just laughing at the space because they're saying, hey, you know, like I I spent forty dollars on something that you spent hundred thousand dollars on, you know, why? Mm. You know, and kind of, mm. like you're saying, kind of a valid question sometimes, you know. You know, we, we yeah. get kind of yeah, lost yeah. in our own sauce sometimes, you know, we're like, you understand the value, this and that and the other. But at some point, you know, there's got to be a user level like we talked about earlier. You know, what's, what is the user level and, and, and how do you involve them in, in, without alienating them, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's multiple ways to onboard, man. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we can be on the web um, and, and do that sort of stuff like DCL, but then there's graphics limitations there. Or we can mess around with Unreal or Unity. Mm-hmm. which are having these layers of Web3 uh, where you can implement NFTs and start experimenting there. So there's all, I think this whole experimentation thing that everyone's doing, they're, they're doing it their own way, mm-hmm. which is great. And some of them will take off and they'll break barriers, but everyone's valuable and whatever, everyone's contribution, if they're doing something new, is always going to find some information out, right, for the rest of us. Definitely. I mean, a lot of us are pioneering, like, areas that other people aren't even looking at, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like you're talking about, like gaming, gaming and gamers are integral to this whole this whole thing. Like, you know, in the beginning, the reason I found any of this stuff, the reason I understood NFTs on any level, was because I came from a gaming background, where I just had the concept like, why am I spending all this money? And not that I was spending a ton of money like on skins and stuff like that, but I knew it it existed. I knew people were spending all this money on skins, and some of these games come out the next year, that's almost the mm-hmm. same exact game many of the same skins and they're charging from again you know this web3 the reason why i took to it was like well you have a wallet it has your skins in it and those would translate until the next time and the next time and that makes more sense to me than having to pay that little five dollars that you may pay let's say it's five or ten or twenty whatever it is that you paid that one year and you pay that ten years in a row and you never owned mm-hmm. it, and you never ever owned it outright, you know. So it's nice to be mm-hmm. with, with, with Web three to be able to own some of this stuff outright, and you could. So a lot of people lose the concept or don't have the concept, but the under like behind the scenes of an NFT, there's a contract address. That contract address can be called on for any project, and this is why Maddie's talking about going from one um, platform to another because the contract address can be called upon, and then you can then dress that item up to look however you want it to look in that world or in that 
you know, um, in mm-hmm. that engine. I say use an Unreal Engine. All you would have to do is call for the contract address and then represent it however you want to represent it within the video game. And that's for the developers. And the, the user doesn't have to worry about that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, the concept a lot of exactly. people don't, don't really grasp when they see the simple picture on the front of an NFT. They say, you know, oh, well, you know, why would I pay for that picture? It's the, it's the contract address behind that that is going to let you do things in the digital space that are coming forward, you know, within the next five to ten years. You know? Exactly, man. Exactly. So, this space has gone completely crazy since we all started. Um, what mm-hmm. has, I don't know, what, what, what has been like the, the best and worst of it? You know, like what, what's your favorite part of all this? It going crazy, you know, the money going well and all that. And what's the worst of it for you? Mm. Interesting. Um, the favorite part of it has always been just watching it evolve. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just a curious person that likes to just see stuff grow, mm-hmm. whichever way it goes. So, you know, if avatar projects become the spotlight, so be it. It is what it is, right? right. Um, even though a lot of us were betting on virtual land and other stuff, like I, I love seeing the space grow and, and pivot, like, I love, I love that stuff. So watching it transition into like watching Axie Infinity actually break the play to earn mechanism and, and, and it actually work was an interesting thing because we know that they've been working on it for a long time. And I think their whole game player base was like 200 people um, at a certain <laughs> was, time. Yeah, I was involved with the first 8,000. We all got a yeah, nice little stipend for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just watching some successes in the space and, and all that. Um, and also, you know, I started a fund. Uh, I'm a one third partner in a fund and getting two finance people that were really deep into just traditional businesses and uh, didn't really understand the value proposition of NFTs, seeing them go from, uh, you know, being well experienced in the traditional world to really get into the NFT space was like, well, you know, this is quite validating if they can see value in this and they can be amazed and interested into seeing how this is because they're looking at it like, Maddie, this is absolutely going to be a big deal. Like I'm looking at, they're looking at the NFT space and they're looking at the tech and they're saying, you know, real estate is going to start transacting using using blockchain. And so they can start to see the parallel and see the trajectory. So it's been good to see just the macro level of thinking and the evolution of the space. The bads, I think um, there's a few of them, man. It's like the scams and the spamming has become crazy the dms like i wake up to like 30 dms on my twitter and 25 of them are just promo or scam requests <laughs> um what else is there yeah just uh i don't know the, the social media part of it i think the influencer culture is a little bit toxic right. um yeah and and the tough thing is it's hard to even think if there's anything that can be done about it like i feel like influence and money are like the two things that are extremely powerful in in the world in general and influence used to be credibility like back in the real world if you had a lot of credibility and you had um you know if you're a king or someone that came from a prestigious line you would have that influence but in social media world it's really someone who just has a really big following and that could be anyone with any agenda and once i have that following yeah and they can do anything right so navigate like you have a great product but if you don't sadly uh if you don't have some influencers on board then it's like an uphill battle to to get that product to market so those barriers or those sort of roadblocks are a bit they're a bit shitty to think about um for the common person but uh yeah 
few things here and there, but uh, hey, man, we're, we're at what, like still stage one of this whole industry. So who knows how we're going to go. And uh, have you uh, spent much time going to uh, like in real life uh, events at all? I know, I know, like with the with the lockdowns out your way. I mean, it's probably not as easy as you as like many of the other people. Um, yeah, I went to two. I went to Blockchain Australia and NFT Mel Melbourne, and uh, I loved it, man. It was awesome to see real people talk NFTs and just mm -hmm. to see people. It was like a different feeling. Absolutely, um, it's, it's the it makes you so happy, you right? On their face, it's like a... yeah, yeah, it makes you happy, and then you go have some food with them. You talk, and you know, you meet new people, and everyone's doing something new and exciting. Mm -hmm. I honestly think if we went to in real life events only, we would never think there's any bear market in the NFT space. Everyone's fucking like excited to just just meet other enthusiasts. Yeah, I think that um, the bear market has very little to do with actual. Um, like the way we're thinking, I think a lot of people put that on. Like, I, I kind of get on my friends sometimes. Like, don't make a soap opera out of this, you know? Because, mm. like, you would be surprised how much most of this has to do with the general market. I mean, you know, like sometimes the the general market is down, and so everybody's down on their investments, whatever it be this or that. And so the the first things is going to be your most speculative things, which is you know what we're dealing with. We're something brand new. It's it's speculative, you know. And, you know, I think mm. the people take that maybe sometimes like the word like offensive, you know, like, oh, you know, this is a speculative market. This is an early asset class. Like, what do you what do you think it is? You know, like, you know, it's just because you think your NFT project or whatever it is going to going to you know go to the moon. It's definitely not going to go mm. directly there. You know, it's going to take a little while, you know, and it may mm. have some chop in the waters. I've seen the craziest things go on in this space, you know, just me personally mm -hmm. with different projects and stuff like that. You, toxic behavior you know uh all kinds of stuff people selling people they don't exist and you know whatever you know i've seen it all so, but it but very rarely is it like specific to like the sentiment of that project outside of like when the like, information drops for that project but like the the price can be going down on something and it could have nothing to do with anybody feeling a certain way if you had somebody coming in in the early days and this is what i'm talking about in the early days you know, somebody coming in the early days and they spent a million dollars on some, you know, several different things that cost 20 bucks a piece or whatever, you know, a hundred or a thousand dollars a piece, but they're, they're spending this much money. And then three days later, things start to come back in price like crazy. Well, it's because it's, and this one guy just spent a million dollars, you know, and, you know, mm. there's no, mm. there's no liquidity there. You know, that guy just went mm. and got his share right away. You know what I mean? And mm. I, I literally have seen that before. Yeah. That's why I brought that up. You know, that one I've seen that happen, you know. Yeah. Whales can still move the market up or down. Mm -hmm. uh, we've especially seen that within these small, small pockets. And NFTs, many NFT projects, especially in their inception, are really small pockets. of They're not like big income going on in there, you know. So you mm -hmm. got a guy like, you know, big whale come in and, and he's maybe the only whale like that that's dealing with that project, you know. Mm. So, you know. You know, especially in certain projects. So I think that people have to have an understanding of like what's long term. You know, what what is, what do we look like in five years? What do we look like in ten years? You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. With that being said, um, uh, what do you think? You know, what do you think the mark the the NFT space looks like in five to ten years? Mm, yeah, it's interesting. Five to ten years. Mm -hmm. I think we've been in it for four years and it's gone from, you know, crypto kitties era 
or five years gone from CryptoKitties to where it is now, which has been a pretty big leap. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder, I, I'm pretty hopeful that there will be the next 100 million people in the NFT space, will, there'll be a massive catalyst that will bring them in. Um, I think that'll happen in the next two years. So the next five years, I think NFTs will probably move past the NFTs are a, like selling these collections will still be a thing, but I think people will be more interested in, you know, buying 100,000 NFTs for 20 bucks each in some game that's releasing their first set. Much cheaper, more frictionless, more onboarding of the masses and more practical as to exactly how that's going to be used. Um, yeah. now, when it comes to like frictionless, do you think we are going to be heavily relying on layer two type things? completely different blockchains or do you think ethereum actually uh goes way less gas and finds a way to kind of like take on that mm-hmm. many transactions hopeful of ethereum doing it mm-hmm. but even if it doesn't um yeah layer two seem to work well there was an interesting conversation i had with a developer who was working on this wallet mechanism where you just have this one wallet id but that represents your wallets across different chains mm-hmm. so your polygon or imx or solana wallet you you could just give this you know your friend that one wallet id and he could send you a solana nft or tezos nft all through that one wallet mm-hmm. which is really interesting because suddenly when you integrate that wallet into like in decentraland you say all right well you know uh you can bring in this 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 technology then suddenly people will go there with that one wallet but then DC- dcl could start integrating solana nfts and say well if you have a solana F- nft then you can unlock the door here and, and there so i think there's going to be some some breakthroughs that will combine some of our isolated communities mm-hmm. into the one thing um but uh yeah man i think uh we're gonna solve some hurdles along the way the other thing I'd ask, it's just a random thought of mine because I know I had like this thought not too long ago and was like, do we need like a chain link for metaverses? You know, and, and I don't know if MetaKey is that, but I'm just saying like, you know, this kind of like, like a place that, that lets you kind of like transverse other metaverses, you know, so you're not just like such tribalism i'm like i'm in decentraland i don't go over there mm. i don't go over there i don't even know how to get over there you know is it going to be some sort of portal like that that we you know that's going to connect people or do they continue to be separate and just expand within their own genres it could be it could be and there needs to be some connective tissue there um i have some ideas so for example i would have loved and i'm trying to find a way to do this where i could just build a fucking ten thousand room mansion in dcl (laughs) and say if you have a meta key you get access to build out any of these rooms so you don't have to buy land but you have access to this room and you can bring your homies in there and put a video on the screen Mm. only you can get in and all that sort of stuff Mm. so i'm thinking of like if i can do that then suddenly the meta key community can have like a a space in dcl we can do that in crypto voxels we can do do that in the sandbox and instead of buying individual land and putting up your art and forking out the costs for it suddenly you can have access to all of these spaces. And you're also invested in some way in it because Medicare as a company is working on that tech, right? If we go that way. So I think there'll be, you know, whether we do it or there'll be another solution to it, there'll be some connectivity There has to be mm-hmm. or else we're all just going to be building our silos. And there is this sort of tribalism where it's like, eh, I'm in DCL, so I'm not going to go crypto voxels because I'm invested in DCL assets, wearables, mana, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
but that's going to break down if you do want to um you know if you do want to build at a faster rate where everyone's on the same page or else it all kind of caps out at something right i think that we have to get to the point where there's kids that are used to the metaverse you know Mm. i think that's what most like digital platforms like you just use the, the, the most basic of words you know digital platform like myspace facebook any of this stuff even youtube like when it becomes mm. native to, to the people who are using it then all of a sudden it seems to, to kind of catch that fire you know so i think mm-hmm. that, me personally mm-hmm. i think that, that that's where we got to get to we got to get to like the kids you know like you know i use him as a reference because he was probably the youngest kid at the time was our uh, red nitrous you know and like he was like the, the first younger person i seen take to this and say like wow like th- that might be the the norm one day you know and i, I started to see it because i i sometimes I, lo- I love going just popping into a decentraland like party or something like that and just hanging out and see what people are talking about you know and i like to hang out too and i'm not mm-hmm. I'm, I'm anti-social nothing like that but i'm just like i like like being in their social realm because i'm like removed from it a little bit now you know after you know kind of mm-hmm. being in the game and then going toward the background and, and you know not doing too much with uh until now with the podcast but like then i go in there and i see what their interactions are like because they're not from the same time period i am you know when we were starting you know you could mostly be talking about you know building and stuff like that and now most of the the people who are on on scene are users and they're having a blast and so i'd like to mm-hmm. go in there and find out how they're having a blast and what 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 you know intrigues them you know and a lot of times it's the wearables mm-hmm. some really crazy wearables out there shout out to the creators because they're doing the craziest mm-hmm. stuff and this is what we were we were, waiting, we were waiting for this is what we were asking for and it looks great so mm-hmm. i gotta give it up to a lot of the guys people making wearables um they're, they're doing a great job and it seems to be one of the, the driving factors you know to what these people like but mm-hmm. that's kind of like what i'm looking for i'm looking for that that thing when you know when when it's like this is natural for these people to kind of interact in this way you know and not that's not mm-hmm. not natural right now but it's not um always going to be the case when it comes to um uh like the user base is going to uh, going to move from builder and businessman and all that other stuff to like user all the time user 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 user, user. and it's not going to be the you know the business owners all all the time on scene you know Mm. So, I think that yeah, that, no, it's good. that's going to be the point. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'll just, uh, I think I need to do that as well. Drop in randomly. I haven't, haven't gone to, into DCL for a long time. But... Oh, you go in there, you'd be like a whole celebrity, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's kind um, of excited to see that. Was Jeez, was... man, you drop in there, man. <laughs> we should drop in there. We should just, yeah, just yeah. do a, just do an event where we're all just hanging around. Nothing special. Just go in and, Go to yeah. someone's event and see what's that's, up. That's, that's, you know, invite people to the bar and uh, come hang out. You know, hmm. be good. But nah, I mean, I, I like seeing other people's builds too. I went to um, I'm not gonna remember the name, so I don't want to. I don't want to do the wrong thing. But I went to somebody's event <laughs> recently, and it was awesome. It was just like I don't know, different than anything I've seen. You know, and and everybody was dancing. There was a DJ going on. If the guy wasn't DJ, I think it was um, I can never remember everybody, but you know, somebody was playing music. You know. I think it was D Fresh was playing mm-hmm. music. I can't remember. Oh, Tom Polko was on there. Was the the guy's name that made the build, and it was just so cool. It was it was like a 
I don't know. It was definitely a party, and it seemed like everybody kind of goes there often. I was just popped in there, and like, man, you guys are killing it. You know, you guys are doing exactly what it's mm. supposed to look like right now. At least my mind, in my eyes. Nice. You know? So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, polygonal mind still doing uh, meta meta trips. Yeah, good. yeah, we had we talked about that in the last podcast. Me and Rizzo, um, they're doing the um, the the big cube, you know, and the big cube mm-hmm. was successful, and I was really happy to see that because. The first cube I thought should have been successful, although even Decentraland might have not been ready for it the first time around. And the second time around, like, mm. just had so much interaction, so many users, and so many, you know, just it really went really well for them. And I was happy to see that. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. Is that cube still going? I think that. Oh, finished. is that done? I, I think it finished. Yeah. It finished. Yeah. 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 But they literally had tons of NFTs in there. People got prizes, and a lot of people standing around mm. there, you know, just doing the clicking the thing. It's just. Yeah, it's great to see that progression because I feel like we remember talking with Talk Sam years back, and almost like a worry that it wasn't gonna you know take off the way it did you know, and so it's nice to see these things kind of like coming. We weren't always expecting mm. it to go the way it went, you know. If you were looking for a slow growth, you didn't find it, you know. It was like mm. all of a sudden, now we're all here, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's no, crazy. Everything got shuffled, a little bit upside down in some places, but. Um, the the good thing is the people that were here that have been in the space for a while that could make sense of it a bit more than the others <clears throat> so you know you may not have gotten instant success but you will know what your company needs to look like moving forward because mm-hmm. you know you could make better decisions that way so that's for sure um, yeah just jumped into DCL <laughs> oh, did you guys <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I'm in uh, Luxury Street East Road didn't even know this existed. Oh wow! Luxury. What number is that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop in there and then uh, we can go ahead and finish up the podcast just like that. We'll finish up the podcast just popping in DCL and see see what's going on in there. Dundas, White Rabbit. Oh, Who right is this? Ken Kenjo Takara. I'm on um negative one hundred seven, negative sixteen. All right, one second. Signing in right This now. is in Fashion Street. Oh, jeez. I don't want that. Yeah. Anyway. I just randomly jumped into DCL. There's so many random things I got to edit out of here now from popping up on my screen. This <laughs> guy's uh. got a ghost pet. There we go. Now I'm dropping in. Metaverse Fashion Week. Oh, shit, man. That's a pretty big build. Shibu definitely designed this 100%. 100%. You think Shibu designed it? Yeah. Yeah. It's got that that curvy style that he loves. Mm. It's funny how you can tell designers, and that's probably going to be a thing I would say, you know, like as we get more and more. And especially like when mm-hmm. I always feel like when we get the more and more professional like builders, like I'm just some guy that, that you know, try to learn how to build. And some of these people were like, oh, you know, pretty good at Blender and stuff like that. But then there's like going to be people who are like really, really good at this stuff, you know, actively made video games all the time. And they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. co- come in here and, and do some real crazy things. And I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, we still we I just it's always a- wonder how it's going to look like. When we have way more developers and designers in here. Exactly. What was the number on uh, that, Manny? 
negative 101 negative 19 109 yeah negative yeah 19 19 oh okay my bad i'll just give you the link all right i'm good i got it yeah, we, we um we can end this up. Soon. Yeah, definitely. We can we can finish up the podcast. I uh I'm I'm just gonna drop in here, hang out for a little bit. Maddie, I really appreciate you doing this and uh, talking with me. Like always, it's just like a very light conversation because mm. uh you know just always good to talk to you. Is uh one of my longest friends in the space. I really appreciate all you've done for me. I mean, you know, with everything, yeah. you know. So hey, you too, man. No, it's been a pleasure. Are. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for organizing it, and uh, definitely. always happy to jump on. Definitely, we'll we'll talk some time again. We'll catch up in a you know a little time to figure out you know g- give you some time to get things done with MetaKey and so on, and then we'll catch back up for sure. Awesome, man. Take care. All right, thanks a lot, guys, and thanks for uh, stopping by uh, Frankie's and uh, NFT experience. Hey. <laughs>